Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 95. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and I'm so happy you could join us this week. My guest is none other than Scotty Noonan, vocalist for the band Fossil Youth, whose new album, A Glimpse of Self-Joy, will be released through Take This to Heart Records on November 4th. Now, a lot of you are probably already fans of Fossil Youth, and for good reason. They're a great band. I don't actually know how to describe them to you, but I'd like to say pop rock for 20-somethings. They're a band that people in their teens will listen to and think, yeah, I know what it's like to feel that way, or I can relate to these feelings, but people in their 20s will feel so connected to it because it's music based on experiences that we all go through. Growing up, wanting to get away, learning to let go, learning to hold on, learning to be a better person, and aspiring to still be better yet. All these things are covered on the first album from Fossil Youth, the first full-length album. They have an EP out. You can listen to it right now. It's very good. But this record is something special. I think it's going to be on a lot of top ten lists at the end of the year, and it deserves to be there as far as I'm concerned. Scotty and I are going to walk you through the history of Fossil Youth, how the band became one of the most notable alternative rock bands in America, despite coming from a land where there is a very scarce music scene. And a whole lot more. We, uh, there's especially a lot of love given to their label, Take This to Heart Records, who has done a fantastic job of promoting the release. If you listen to last week's show with Lokella, you'll know the struggles of become, being a band on the rise today, and I like to think of this episode as kind of a compliment or sequel to the discussion we had last week. But before we get there, we've got to go over a few quick things. First and foremost, this episode of Inside Music and all episodes of Inside Music are brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution company. And what that means is that Holix works with record labels, publicists, and independent artists from all over the world to share new and unreleased music without fear of piracy. Should lease occur, and I've got to be honest with you, they still do, and it sucks. It sucks so much that people still like music. It makes no sense, there's no good reason for it, but it happens. And when it happens, Holix helps the labels and artists you love figure out who is responsible for the leak and pushes them to bring them to justice. We can have a piracy-free world as long as we work together, and Holix is trying to make that a reality. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit www.holix.com. That's H-A-U-L lix.com. You should also be following the show on Twitter. It's at Inside Music Pod or at Inside Music Pod. We post updates on who's going to be on the show. We talk about previous guests. We share links to surviving the music industry and advice for bands. It's a, it's a one-stop shop for everything related to life in the music industry and learning how to navigate it. And we want you to be a part of the community that we've developed there. So again, at Inside Music Pod. Finally, and I'm sure you can guess what's coming. You need to be buying Fossil Youth music. The band will release a glimpse of self-joy on November 4th through Take This to Heart Records, and you need to add it to your collection. Whether you buy it on cassette, CD, vinyl, or digital download, because I'm not accepting streams as buying it. You cannot just stream it on Spotify. I need you to give the band and their label some money. $5, $10, $20. I think there's even a package that's like $96. Whatever the case, find one that fits your wallet and buy it. You will, you will thank me later. And even if you don't, at least you'll have a great record to have in your own collection. Now, before we get to the conversation, I do want to play a little bit of music from the album. I'm going to play a little bit of my exact, of my favorite song on the record. It's called Late Night Swim, and you can watch the video for it right now on YouTube. Just type in Fossil Youth, Late Night Swim, it'll come right up. So enjoy this clip of the song, and then listen to my conversation with Scotty. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening.
That's perfectly okay, man. I understand that uh, artists, especially in your position, have have other jobs, have other commitments. Yeah, for sure. What's uh, what is it that you do? Um, I work at a uh, regional fast food place called Brahms, and also there's like a grocery store in it. So I'm like the guy who uh, unloads the trucks every morning. Okay, okay, and there that's like a, a pretty flexible gig. You can use it when you tour and stuff. Oh yeah, I think. Uh, I've exceeded my leave of absence weeks like twice now, like my yearly uh, allowance. <laughs> yeah, I I hear that a lot from people. Like I know writers too, some photographers that work like crappy factory jobs or something, and they're like, "I'm li- if I if I miss without calling, I'm going to be in trouble." But as long as I give them a warning, it's cool. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll let them know like two months early, and they'll they'll just be like, "Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out." Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't leave them like high and dry, most places are pretty cool with it. For sure. Well, that's good to know, man. I'm always curious. Like, that's a that's actually a pretty cool place to start a conversation. Is that you you have this other job? I think most people, even I mean, obviously, you guys are putting out the record that we're going to talk about shortly uh, through like a little label and stuff. But you know, it's it's people that don't mm-hmm. like live in the industry don't always recognize that like a label is often in someone's bedroom. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I think uh, Joe at Take This to Hard gets like maybe like five emails a month where like someone like expects them to be or expects him to be like a at least a six-person operation in a warehouse somewhere yeah oh yeah back when i uh when i did antique records for a while we would get emails people asking for jobs or like people being like oh my order's messed up you should get better help in your warehouse and i'm like it's my cats in my apartment but good close enough oh yeah (laughs) i totally forgot like uh you were part of that like up until like recently where i was thinking like oh yeah like bobby meter and like that microwave were with them like for a while yeah we did bobby meter and microwave and slitting with tigers and trophy lungs and uh before there's the another one um, i'm trying to think of there's a there's a bunch we, um, did, we did like 35 releases <laughs> yeah uh yeah we just kind of was, we just hit a wall with it that joe hasn't hit himself <laughs> gotcha yeah i joe's honestly like a madman with that stuff because all the time i'm just like Yo, like, honestly, like, financially, how are you doing this? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the big question. Even, like, I go to colleges and talk about, like, working in music, and when people ask me about labels, they're like, how? And I'm like, you just you just take on debt, and you hope that you make smart investments. Yeah. It's, that's all it is. Uh, and, and yeah, and it's it, like, he also has a really weird system of, like, well, not a weird system. It's something I would never do, but it's, like, the money he makes, he immediately puts it into another project. So it's, like, cool, because it keeps the ball rolling, but I'm also like, yo, like, are you getting anything yet or is this still just like flatlining no that's that was our exact predicament we had a few we had a few releases where we like would push press a vinyl and when the record came out right beforehand like the band broke up or something Mm -hmm. happened where they just weren't going to support the release and then we'd be like oh we just spent two thousand dollars and we sold 28 no yeah exactly (laughs) what were the four bands there were four bands you ended up signing at the exact same time like you announced them I think they were all vinyl. Uh, yeah, we did. I think tro- Bobby was one of them. We did Trophy Lungs, I Can See Mountains, uh, Bobby, and Microwave. I think we did all at once. And then we had this band called gotcha. Bef- Before the Streetlights that we had for a while there at the end. Gotcha. I might be thinking of Trophy Lungs. There was one I was trying to remember that I had, li- had already been listening to at the time, and I was just like, dang. Like, <laughs> I had already known Microwave Bobby, too, but there was another one in that cluster that I knew of. You're the only other person I've ever spoken to that knows Bobby. I mean, I have friends that have met him after, like, I have introduced him to pe- to the people, but, like, other people who just yeah. knew of Bobby. 
That's awesome. Well, it's one of those things too. He's like, uh, he's like a light curveball where it's like he can totally do the bar scene, but he still wants to be part of this demographic. So it's like one way or another, like he's still reaching out to bands like us, like do stuff. Yeah, I mean, his... but I feel like lately he's been just doing you know his thing. Like I don't think I've even seen him tour with a band like another band in a while. Yeah, well, he has. Yeah, he has that. Now he's called Stock Smile. So people listening can yeah. look it up. Now he's called Stock Smile. But I remember when we signed him to Antique, we were like, dude, we've got to change. Why don't we just call this record Bobby Meter? And he's like, no, it's Bobby Meter Music. And like we were getting yeah. into like these text wars where I was like, dude, you've got to listen. We've got to change this. No, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> uh, and like we would we would get back and forth and it would drive me and Craig, the co-owner at Antique, crazy. But uh, we always loved his music. And I like even when mm-hmm. we were fighting like that, I would be like, you know, I, I respect the fact that Bobby knows what it is he's doing and like you can you can yeah you can you can like give him advice and be like oh i like this song or i think maybe you should change the title of this but if it doesn't fit his vision like it's in one ear and lost in space and i respect that so much about him because i'm the opposite like if someone gives me a piece of advice on something i've created i will immediately be like oh i think they're absolutely i should change it probably or at least i'll try it yeah that's like halfway how i am with joe but like sometimes (laughs) too i try to be like yo like if it's like press related i'm like hey joe you know what that's like one world i truly don't know so like yeah. Yeah, let's do it yeah but like past that that's kind of how i am too it, it's yeah it, it's kind of crazy to be it, it, it takes a lot to like learn to stand up for like your vision especially when you're trying to do something that's so dependent on like everyone else approving of what you do you know what i mean you have to make yourself mm-hmm. happy while still entertaining everyone else oh yeah there, there was like a quite a few battles like that with like this album we did a four size was like our third single and funny enough like i felt like that was a song that shouldn't have been a release like that but it ended up doing really good so i think it also comes down to like you know uh, when you're writing like an album your like favorites end up being like <laughs> i don't want to say like the complete opposite for the other listener but it's like it's really cool seeing how the perspectives change from like listener to writer yeah and i find that that's usually largely true i mean every now and then like the the first single usually everyone agrees on like there's something about like the immediate catching oh, yeah. of something that like everyone will pick up on but beyond like what we should release first, it, it largely varies across the board. Oh, yeah. I think out of the interviews I've done, like, everyone had, like, a um, – every every person that I was doing an interview with uh, had a different favorite song. I thought that was really cool, but then, like, a few of them, I was like, yo, that was your favorite? That's, like, really weird. Uh, sometimes sometimes you pick maybe the wrong song. Uh, one time I, I was doing an interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was doing this interview on a, with somebody. I won't even say the podcast, but in one episode, I referenced one of my, my favorite songs on the record, and he was like, the instrumental track? And I was like, yeah, listen, dude. Oh, dang. It's a good track. I, no offense to the rest <laughs> yeah. of the album, but that's, it's a good instrument. Yeah. Maybe you should consider that. Uh, but yeah. it was definitely like an awkward where I was like, oh, I've, I've chosen one that is not in your liking. <laughs> yeah uh, there's but, like luckily there's not like a song on the album where i'm like yo if they if someone like chose this i'd be mad like if, if someone picked an instrumental like if we had one i'd be like oh that's cool like but this i mean this is like your guys's first proper full length so in theory it's like the culmination yeah, sure. of everything you've done so far so you are as happy with it as you may ever be with an album because you're like oh i've had my whole life yeah to very this. true <laughs> it's i i find that 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 discrepancy comes with like third second third and fourth because then you're like you have a smaller window and a smaller like area of your life to pull from because you're like oh i pulled from all this stuff for the first record second record i'm gonna pull from i guess everything else or everything since no then. yeah <laughs> but i mean maybe that's you've probably experienced that a little bit because you guys had the ep that everyone kind of yeah, first like introduced EP, to you. and then we did have like prior stuff but it was just like 
stuff we ended up dropping because it felt more like demos you know what i'm saying like that kind of vibe yeah yeah and i, I mean that happens to a lot of bands especially in your arena of like this pop rock kind of kind of trying to find your own niche on the first couple of releases being like what is our sound yeah for sure and then once you hone in on that you're like well let's just cut all the stuff that doesn't fit that sound mm-hmm. okay well i want to we yeah. should take things back because we're we're like deep into a conversation and i, I assume there's gonna oh, be no, yeah we're who on are like, serious tangent yeah yeah we're hard. we're deep we, we started not we just went nine solid minutes of like you should yeah. already know who this is and who, why we're talking uh but for everyone else <laughs> yeah. um you're, you're Scotty from Fossil Youth, a band that I have heard so much about before I'd even heard the band. I had seen, I didn't even realize I had like seen the album art so much before I had listened to the first EP. I, I just, I think I, yeah. th- I think I thought it was artwork for a, a fireworks album because they're similar. Yeah, we get that styles. so much. It's insane. Yeah, it's just because <laughs> it's like that same like dark, uh, hand drawn, black and white art of kids. Yeah, hand drawn, yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. So I think at first I thought you guys were maybe like a fireworks cover band, which was like up my alley. It's like I'm down. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when I realized I'm still super that, it, bummed that band's not doing stuff. Oh, so bummed. But there's a there's a hole you can fill with your catchy poppy music. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's how I first discovered you. It was just word of mouth and people being like, "You should listen to this this Fossil Youth band," and then realizing that it was a band and not a song title. Uh, and, and then I discovered the EP, and then Joe has been harping me to listen to the full length for a while now. And I think like, I love Joe, even though I don't know him that well, because he understands the writer mindset, which is like in one ear lost in my inbox. And so he knows that he has to like be on my ass to listen to something. If he wants me to listen. No, yeah. To He's uh, like really good at prying. Yeah. yeah. So which he, is like a bad, good, but I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he sent me the record and I think I missed like, the, cause it was like a limited download window and I missed the first window. So I had to have him send it to me again and I immediately opened it. And by the time I got to late night swim, I was like, I love this record. Cause that song to me, that's, awesome. that's, that's my favorite song on the record. Obviously uh, anyone that knows we premiered that song on Substream last week. They can watch the video right now. Um, no, yeah. Uh, but that I, was insane. Like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. But for people that don't know the story, like where, for starters, like you guys come from Oklahoma, there's this whole story. So where do you, what is the origin story of Fossil Youth? Um, funny enough, Fossil Youth kind of started out as like a, a solo acoustic thing, like much like Bobby Meter in a way. And uh, after playing around for like a couple of years and like trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do, I picked up a few other guys from the small town of Enid and, uh, their influences kind of like started like really falling on me. They listened like a lot of pop punk and hardcore and I was like, yo, it'd be kind of cool if we like rebranded and like tried to do some similar stuff like this. And then uh, probably about 2013, we like finally started like getting what was actually a full length, but it feels more just like a, a giant collection of demos and uh, started touring a, an insane amount for like a band with no experience on it. And then 2014, uh, we finally started, uh, writing a few songs or we felt really good about and um we got in contact with joe at take this to heart and from there he's kind of really just like settled down and help us kind of build up to what we are now so it was like immediately after putting the split out with him uh on cd with this band called the wicker wolves uh we started writing more songs dove in and recorded our ep with paul minor who's like this really cool guy from california he's done like trapped under ice and ivy league and kind of like more hardcore stuff but uh, ever since then, we've just been really, really touring and pushing. And uh, we've kind of dabbled with, like, other team members, like agents and managers. But I think ultimately right now, it's kind of just back to us and Joe, and I really like what we're doing so far with the full length. I'm always curious because there aren't a lot of bands that people can name from Oklahoma. 
uh, oh yeah, especially no especially right now. Like if you ask me to name all the bands I know that exist in Oklahoma, you would be the beginning and end of that list. So what? That's incredible. So, so what is what is the local scene like where you're from? Like what? Where did this band come out of? Was there anything like what you were doing at the time around you? Well, uh, funny enough, uh, the small town we're from did have a music scene probably a few years back. So that's kind of what opened up this window um, towards playing music came from. And uh, we did that for a few years. And then finally, like realizing like, hey, we should go to Oklahoma City and like try bigger stuff. We realized that the scene is honestly a lot stronger and crazier. And uh, we started getting over there and playing shows meeting, uh, and meeting people. And we realized that like there's a crazy like niche uh, demographic here like and that's what is a huge bummer because a lot of tours don't swoop through here but uh i mean to be fair like we only have like a 200 cat venue and a 300 cat venue really uh like in oklahoma city and tulsa but um I'm trying to think there are, uh, are actually like a lot of bands from here though i think are doing really good for example uh, have you ever heard of the band uh red city radio yeah yeah that's like another band from oklahoma that i feel like they've kind of like slowed down they're doing like a lot of europe stuff but uh I know like that band's done a lot of crazy stuff in the past, like a uh, chunk of years. And then um, Hinder's from here. I guess that's like another funny one to bring up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you guys are just like Hinder, except not. Oh no, we're exactly like Hinder. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think Oklahoma honestly is a really crazy scene that a lot of people really, really miss out on. Cause whenever we do get actual packages, like I think hotel, you just came through here for the first time in four years and almost packed the place out. So I think it's, there's actually a huge uh, chunk of kids who really care about this uh, solid music. Yeah, I'm always curious because it's so crazy to me how, uh, like, I've spent the last few years living in, like, Boston and Minneapolis. They have big music scenes, but it's so rare that you, like, hear a lot of word of mouth about one particular artist. So how a band from... Oklahoma that most people have never been to in their lives is able to be like on the tip of the tongue of people that live in New York City and Boston and all over the country. I'm always like, like, where did this come from? Like, how did you guys start getting the word out about your music? Is there like, was there a moment when you were kind of like, oh, oh shit, people are starting to notice? Oh, that yeah, that's like kind of what we're in right now, especially. I feel like uh, with that EP too, it kind of, to go back on what you said a little bit ago, uh, I feel like we very constantly get like, oh, dang, like, I've been listening to you for a long time. Like, I've seen this artwork everywhere, but I didn't realize it was you. And that's, like, maybe a flaw of, like, not putting our name on it. But at the same time, like, it is really cool to know that one way or another, someone's seen the artwork or at least checked it out because of the artwork. So that's really, I think, a cool thing about that EP. And and when did, how did you, I guess, how did you guys first come in contact with Joe and take this to heart? Um, I'm trying to remember, uh, because honestly, like, we knew of quite a few bands with them at the time. We were uh, really good friends with No Tide from Nebraska and um, Stanley and the Search from California before they like renamed the home movies and went to Animal Style. And um, I think we had just met up like coincidentally on a tour with Stanley and the Search over in where we, Oregon. And uh, they had just talked about how they were putting out vinyl through take this new label, Take Us to Heart, and had all these cool plans. And at the time, we were working with like uh, two like smaller managers and uh they had actually brought forward the idea of hey like once we get your ep going maybe we should send it out to a few smaller spots and um one way or another joe ended up getting hit up and uh from there uh i was actually cc'd in the email but then we uh cut ties with those managers at the time and um uh, started getting more in contact with joe myself 
and from there things just kind of built up and now i like text him at least 10 times a day (laughs) and was he pretty uh would you think he had a pretty big role in kind of getting the name out there in the first place oh no honestly like i think i don't like i try to give him a ton of credit but i feel like i still under credit him for how much he does behind the scenes (laughs) just because especially with the press world like uh that's like something i've always tried to understand and uh learn because like for a while i wanted to book and manage bands myself but like he does so much stuff. It comes back to just like how much he prides too. Like I know he will like email blast forever to like try to get a point across. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> to an extent that could be terrifying, but I think it's awesome. Yeah. So I, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Cause a lot, like you mentioned, a lot of bands have like, like an agent and a publicist and a manager and so on and so forth. But you guys, mm-hmm. you guys kind of just have this really tight relationship with Joe. So when it, when it came to uh, this, yeah. when it came to this new record, uh, a glimpse of self joy and you guys are getting ready to get the word out there. You already have a nice word of mouth. Like what, what did you, what have you wanted to do from a marketing standpoint to get your name out there? Cause you are in a very overcrowded genre in terms of how many artists are buying. Yeah, attention. For sure. So what, what did you guys talk about? Like, this is what we're going to do to get this record heard. Um, as almost like, vague as it sounds we kind of didn't really sit down and have so much of a marketing plan but we knew that like we need to spend a lot of time writing a record and we kind of just hoped that like the content would speak for itself and ultimately like joe's getting better all the time i think since we uh teamed up with him in 2014 uh we've been able to like watch his insanely exponential growth like not only as a label but as like a human in the press world and management because he also manages bands and um I think from the jump, it was just writing the record. At the time, we were with uh, Artery for management. Um, it ended up swapping the Modern Empire because a few of them branched out. But uh, they really helped us like get in the groove of working with Jay Moss, recording the album. But uh, Joe always had like really strong input on like what he liked, what he didn't like. And luckily, there weren't too many things he didn't like. But um, it kind of, I think, just stemmed from getting very lucky and writing a record that uh, people ended up liking. I think it still blows my mind how many times before that we had even announced the album, like uh, how press sites and people from them actually really liked Watercolor Daydream when we first started talking about it and stuff like that. So ultimately, I want to say it's luck because uh, <laughs> as far as we knew, we wanted to put out vinyl. We wanted to do, we finally wanted to try to dabble with like cassettes mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to kind of split costs with them and we put a lot of money in so we could do the cool like hat banner and shirt combos and stuff like that. Well, that's awesome. That, it was just like, hey, we know how we want to put it out. Let's do it. Now, I do think luck definitely plays a role in there. Luck and just like it's, it's a matter of just having the right songs. I mean, if you have the right songs and oh, yeah. anyone hears it, they're bound to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's. I want to talk about the creation of the record a little bit because even even before I got to the music, the title itself, you kind of like you see the title, you see the album art, and you're just kind of like, okay, we're going on a journey. Like this is this is something where I'm, I'm yeah. gonna. There's some feelings oh, cool. feelings abound. Um, so I'm so curious. When when did you start piecing this together? Is this were you writing like from the EP through now, or did you set aside time to kind of start putting together this album? Because it seems like a very cohesive effort in terms of like a total product yeah we started writing it um almost immediately after recording the ep and it it wasn't really like meant for that it was just kind of like a hey let's start writing and kind of see what comes out and after maybe getting two or three songs deep we realized that like the theme behind them really kind of blended and we realized that 
you know, if we stopped exactly where we were, we could actually create a, a full album out of this, like not so much just writing an album, but making a story out of it. And um, from there, I think it took a solid year and a half of actually writing. And um, we never like took so like so much took time for it. Like out, we would like pre-pro a little bit, but we kind of just wrote a ton on tour and uh, while getting back. And I think working with Jay Moss to like record it was a really, really big deal. Him and uh, Daniel Flores, who worked there as well, they uh, really were on board with it too, like after explaining like the story and everything behind it. And I think they definitely played a major, major part in uh, making the record sound exactly the way we wanted it to come out. And before we dive into the individual songs, what about what, what yeah. about the album art? Where did that idea come from? Who made it? Um, funny enough, uh, we I think had like eight different artwork ideas, and um, although we all like every member ended up liking a different one in a certain way, so it was super hard to sit down and choose. And then one day, uh, this girl named Rebecca White uh, followed us on Twitter, tweeted about us. We thought it was like super cool. And as lame as it sounds, like sometimes when someone will tweet about us, I'll like do that lame thing where you like creep to see if like maybe they've like tweeted your lyrics because I've noticed that's like a weird trend where it's like someone ends up posting about you like sometimes post lyrics and I, I thought that was really cool but in between those two tweets she actually had like several of her own drawings that she had done and after seeing one of them like i just screenshot it sent to the guys and i was like yo do you think this would be really really cool to put in like match up with the story and uh after just reaching out to her on twitter asking if we can buy stuff like that like uh we ended up just uh wrapping up the design on it uh so let's let's talk about the music itself. How how did you guys come out with the first song people would hear? And for people that are listening that maybe haven't caught up with the record, like where did you start releasing singles? Um, we released the first single uh, with Substream back in I think that was August tenth. Yeah, it was August what 10th. what song was that? And again? the first uh, Watercolor Daydream. Okay. And uh, we had actually had that one written since shoot like May of 2015. It's like crazy how some of this stuff will like extend out forever before actually getting put out but um watercolor daydream is a uh, probably i want to say top three for me for sure i think i really love how full it feels and uh i feel like it really covers the vibe of the album from the jump and uh it's just about like being able to like build yourself up from your mistakes and uh, that's kind of like a major theme behind the album because uh as much as like a glimpse of self joy sounds like a positive record, it's like a lot of the meanings behind the songs can actually get really dark. So it kind of plays off into the lyricism across the whole album. Yeah, I did want to. I did want to kind of deep dive the lyrics on this and uh, Late Night Swim because they both they both strike me as such kind of deeply layered songs, not not just surface level meanings. So can you, can you? talk a little bit about the messages of both and maybe how they play into the bigger the title of the album oh sure um the messages between both what sorry between uh watercolor and late night swim and and maybe how they play into like i guess the idea of this a glimpse of self-joy for sure uh let's see uh the biggest deal too like just to go on a slight tangent i think the the actual lyricism that directly drew the album name was from uh, the final track linger in my head but um Watercolor Daydream, uh, definitely, I think the whole point of the album is like being able to like fall out of love as like we're finding that sounds and be able to not only fall in love with yourself again, but being able to find contentment being alone. And it, I don't so much mean like contentment of being alone in like such a 
almost like a drag kind of way, but like almost as if it's like exactly what you want. Like in the end, it's like almost for escape, like to finally know that you're alone and like away from this, like any stress or heavy weight. And, um, late night swim, uh, like dive into the next song. Uh, late night swim was probably, probably my, one of my overall favorite songs just because of how accidentally heavy it got. Cause when, as we wrote it, it had a completely different vibe. And then, um, as, every time we play it, we kind of end up adding a few more seconds at a time to it. And before we knew it, you know, we kind of built this accidental five minute song, but I think it's probably one of the most accurate depictions of what the album's about being able to face like anxiety and depression, but like also coming to terms with, like exactly how you feel because, uh, for instance, like at the far end, uh, I think probably some of my favorite lyrics from the album are, I just can't keep you safe because every inch of me is still reaching for your loving. And that's kind of, I think one of the most like honest, like to the theme lyrics on the album. And it's just kind of chasing what you can't attain, but also giving so much of yourself away in the process. I like that. I think that that's a, I think that's a honest message. So for you, as we're standing here, I guess, what are we like two weeks away from the album release a week? Uh, yeah, it's like a week and four days week and four days a week and four days out how are you feeling about it there's a there's a couple of songs out there there's a video people have been talking about it like how how do you feel like for you is it like are you already satisfied with it or are are there goals that you hope to see meet as as lame as it sounds like this album personally on a personal level before the album like everything that we ever wanted to attain in a band has already been met like as silly as that may seem like coming from Enid, Oklahoma, like a population of like 40,000, I think, uh, being able to go on tour, getting our stuff made on vinyl. Like those were all like end game goals for us. And like being able to get those so early on was kind of like a shock. And from here, it's like, if, if there were things we wanted to do, like overseas would be so sick. Like, but, um, as far as the album though, I, it's, it's crazy to watch something that you put so much effort like into get like the kind of response we have and you know some people may see like what we're doing is not a big response but like late night swim video has like thirteen thousand views like i like freaked out i got so giddy like just like pacing around my house like as lame as that might sound it's like this album is hitting way harder than we ever would have anticipated at the end of the day it's like numbers were like there were no never like number goals there was never like hey if we don't hit this like we're not going to keep pushing as a band it just was at the end of the day, we just really want to get this album out. And to see the response we're getting is like just so humbling and insane. And you're prepared for the inevitable bad press, right? The, some, the person that doesn't get it. Oh, no, yeah. There's always, like, I, that kind of happened with our last EP, too. Like, with my first, like, real uh, running into that. Uh, I think there was one person who was just like, this sounds exactly like everything that else that's going on they should probably get out of Oklahoma. Like, I think that was verbatim, almost what the review was. And I was just like, man, that's horrifying. They actually gave us zero out of five stars on EP. So, so far for the album, we, we don't have anything too crazy like that, but like, I'm ready for it. There was one actual guy who tweeted like real hard and was just like, fossil use new album sounds like what my most boring days do. I'm like, dang. But at the end of the day, like I, everyone has like different tastes. So like, it doesn't hurt us like too bad. I, but I but I like the in idea. a way like it. Go ahead. 
uh, sorry, I was going to say, in a way, it's kind of like fuel, like just because at the end of the day, like I truly think this album is like everything we've wanted to put out like musically. Like it covers all grounds of like the styles of music we liked. And I think it's a really good portrayal of like what we want to pursue in the future. Oh, that's, that's great to hear, man. I, I like, I love hearing about someone's first in, interaction with like negative criticism because it, it, especially if you, if you reach a point where you're going to get negative criticism, you've probably already gotten a few, a few positive things where you're kind of, uh, yeah, for kind, sure. you're, you're feeling good about yourself. And then like someone strikes you right back down to reality and you're like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I feel, I'm sorry. I felt so I good think... about myself. <laughs> Yeah, we got it like almost immediately after that EP came out too. So it was like before we started writing the full length. And I think that really was fuel because like, uh, as silly as it may sound, I'm like a pretty OCD person where like, you know, if someone was to say something rough, like I kind of just take it way harder to heart than I should. And uh, I actually took that review very, very well. Like from an outside perspective, like I think that I actually didn't even get that mad about it. I like read to the guys and I was like, okay, you know, there's one. Uh, what are we going to do for the album? And then you set out to destroy them with this record? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm like, uh, from what I understand, uh, I, this is like someone Joe hit up for like uh, press and reviews. So I'm curious if this same person is going to end up reviewing the new album. And I'm just really curious to see if like they like it better or if, you know, maybe this person is just mega hateful. I, I didn't, I should have checked their other reviews too, just out of curiosity. Yeah. I mean, you're in a unique position because, like, as a writer, I get criticism all the time, but it's usually about, like, one specific thing. So, like, if I, I didn't like the last 21 Pilots album, for example, somebody would be like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. No, yeah. And, but that person's no, no. never going to have... doing something that big. Yeah, and someone can, like, avoid me and never have to read what I wrote again. But if you're a musician and that person is a critic, like, if they said something bad yeah. about the EP, this time you can, like, watch their website and be like, now what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? What you thinking? That's that's. And I think they uh, sorry, I was gonna say I think they announced it like right after our last EP. So I'm curious if like right after this LP, this same writer ends up posting it. Like I think that's like a secret uh, thing I'm really excited about. Just see what they think. Yeah, no, that's see, I would do the same thing. I wouldn't even care about the like the people that like the last EP. I'll be like, they'll probably like the record, but I want to know what the what the assholes think. Like, I want to know what the haters think yeah. of this record. <laughs> I'm honestly like really excited how many people are like still supporting it because I'm not gonna say like we made a huge genre change, but it's definitely like a lot less yelly, and uh, I, I were the influences behind it kind of like really took a, a, sh- a shock. So I. Uh, Ultimately, again, though, this is what we wanted to sound like. I think it just kind of took a few steps to figure it out. And I, I get that. You know, I actually felt similar to you in, in that respect where it was a big change because I don't exactly know how to tell people what you sound like now. Because if I say pop rock, it feels too, like, uh, like young, I guess, in a way. Because this feels a little, like, mature yeah. pop. Like, pop rock for 20-somethings. If that makes sense? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah, we kind of really lucked out on that. We were excited to see how many writers called us like indie emo rock or something like that. We were so excited. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like pop punk is not that bad because it's, it's such an easy generalization to use that it's like I don't take it to heart, but I do understand it's like uh, a really sour taste in people's mouths right now, like even using that phrase. It's, it's a weird thing, and I, I like – I, I just think music for 20-somethings is good because that's that's where I feel yeah, you fit cool. in best. Because I feel like young people will be like, oh, I, I I feel like that. But people in their 20s will know what it feels like to go through what you're writing about on this record. Where they're like, oh, that's so sick. I, I know what that is. It's not just an idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably like the coolest thing I've heard like <laughs> regarding our new sound. That's awesome. 
Well, I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, I don't want to keep you for too long, but I do want I do want you to be able to promote stuff. So the album comes out. Uh, what's the what's the actual release date? Uh, November fourth. Okay, and is it? Uh, is so it it'll streaming? be in a week and four days. Sorry, what? Is it streaming now though? Um, the full stream that we're uh, we're kind of still getting that all figured out, but uh, it will be fairly soon. And then uh, videos out, four singles out on Spotify, Google Play, all of the like. So there's so there's stuff to listen to. Oh yeah, no doubt. Okay. And then vinyl on the way, CDs, cassettes, everything's on the way. I'm so excited. And then what do you guys have live show wise? You got a release tour or anything? Yes, uh, we have a West Coast tour, uh, West Coast United States tour uh, next month. It'll be most of November, and then uh, fairly soon we'll be starting to announce new stuff. Uh, honestly, really quick, we'll start announcing other tours. Okay, well then, I, hopefully you guys will get to Minneapolis. We can hang out together. It'll be great. Oh yeah, for sure. We just hit Minnesota for the first time, and it was awesome. We hit uh, Burnsville, yeah. and uh, okay. really, really cool spot. Kids were so nice. It was insane. I never would have expected that for first time being there. Is that the the garage or whatever it's called? Something yeah, like the that? garage. Yeah, it's I, one of those things. Like when you hear that like venue name, I was almost like certain it was gonna be like a twenty one spot, like a twenty one plus like bar that happened to have a stage. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually like a really nice spot. It's a pretty cool bar. I mean, it's it's a nice place. I uh, I've only been there once, uh, but I, I will go back. Mm-hmm. I will return to Burnsville for you. So come on back. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, Minneapolis sounds like a little bit cooler, just because like uh, as silly as it is, we don't get to like uh, check out cities very often. Like yeah. just next door, we're planning on just like getting up earlier, making the drives, so we go check stuff out. Uh, but we really didn't get to see Minnesota. Yeah, Burnsville's like 20, 20 miles away over like total, and it would take you twenty five minutes to drive between the two places easy. Um, so that makes Thanks. sense. But next time, next time, we'll make sure you see it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you get going. Where can people keep up with you guys online? What's your Twitter handle, Facebook, all that jazz? Um, every handle for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even our website is just off for you. All right. Uh, luckily, we really got lucky on actually scoring our band name as the handle. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. So A Glimpse of Self-Joy comes out November 4th through Take This to Heart Records. Pre-orders now. Touring forever afterwards. Literally forever. Like, hopefully like 200 days next year you will die on the road it's cool yeah that'd be great i mean that's like the way we kind of want to go i think we finally got a new van that won't explode like a actual new van from a dealership so i oh, think wow. that'd be great that's that's an investment you've made a real investment in your future oh no yeah terrifying six-year payment investment <laughs> all right man well i look forward to seeing you on the road best of luck with the record sure thank you so much for this interview no problem have a great day yeah you too bye